0: On this episode of the Aka Education Podcast, Justin speaks with Kevin Taylor, Executive Director at Distinguished Concerts International of New York. Kevin talks about his career, how he brought contemporary a cappella to Carnegie Hall, and suggestions on how to build your own music events in your own neck of the woods. Let's get ready. It's time for some Aka Education. It's the Aka Education Podcast.
1: Oh, to music class. The Aka Education Education Podcast of educators who get out of these box. How to arrange. Whoa, whoa, whoa. the Education Podcast. Arthur Education Podcast. Arthur Education Podcast. Arca with with who? Justin Glodish.
0: Hey everybody, it's Justin Glodish and welcome to episode 25 of the Aka Education Podcast. This week, I have Kevin Taylor, who is one of the producers at DCINY in New York City. Uh, Kevin's actually a graduate of Concordia College in Minnesota and actually performed with his own acapella group, Who Corner, for over 10 years, going from North Dakota to Shanghai. Pretty impressive career. And now he works on the other side of the business, uh, bringing in groups and bringing in performances into some of the most prestigious concert halls throughout New York City. Kevin, welcome to the Aka Education Podcast.
1: Thanks. Thrilled to be here. Appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely,
0: man. Absolutely. I have to talk about Marco Corner because I'm really um, curious about, you know, how how your career took off there and uh, what it was like.
1: Yeah. Uh, like a lot of groups, met in high school, singing in high school choir in a tiny little town in Minnesota in the northern northwestern part of the state, Crookston, Minnesota. And, um and you know at Concordia College heavy uh, focus on choral singing and and voice training there uh, so we met a, a couple of the members there and, and started off our career and we were in the Midwest it's unique um, and it's got its own little kind of marketplace and this is a so path that were were tread and laid by groups like the blenders and tonic sulfa um, you know really kind of created an appetite for uh, for for that style of acapella music in the in the region and so we were just lucky enough at the right time just kind of step right into um kind of career paths that they had sort of laid out for acapella groups in that area and uh, we started touring right out of college and um and it just said in the intro for, for about 10 years we did it full-time um you know we were young so there's was a lot of things that were easier to do uh, back oh, then yeah. but um yeah well, boy it was it was an incredible experience it laid a lot of groundwork for everything that i've, I've been up two cents and um, wouldn't trade it for the world.
0: Yeah, you'd have to think with 10 years of performance experience that you made a lot of contacts along the way. So um, how did this performance career lead into, you know, some of the things that you have done, you know, producing events and ultimately leading you to DCI and why?
1: Well, yeah, in all kinds of ways. Um, you know, the s- networking, I guess, this the, the simple personal connections, um, you know, Dr. Renee Klassen at Concordia was a guest artist with Distinguished Concerts. Um, there's a high school teacher in River Falls, Minnesota, who used to have Marco Corner uh, over at her high school all the time, you know, to sing for the kids and, and sort of do clinics and stuff like that. And she was also a, a choir director who had participated with Distinguished Concerts. So, I think those are my two references right out of the gate you know people that i knew that knew the company so um yeah you get into certain niches of different genres and different businesses those connections those relationships that you build can turn into it but i think broader to the point of um when acapella groups kind of especially versus you know bar bands or other, so maybe some other pop solo artists and things like that right. um it's it's the kind of um group that you can get together you can kind of Find a career path that kind of makes some money, pays some bills, and do it full time. And doing that, you learn, you have to learn every aspect of the whole business, right? So, right. Um, if you're able to even just do a few years of running a semi professional acapella group where you, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at contracts and you're doing writers and you're doing, you know, rights and distribution for, for your recordings and graphic design and all these different elements uh, that you have to figure out how to do. So, you kind of come out of that with, uh, with a little bit of a resume. Uh, applying for industry jobs, um, you know, when you kind of hang up your performing hat.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely true because, I mean, I remember that experience with, you know, my own group, The Fault Line, just all the extra work that went into it. It wasn't just, you know, going and performing. It was uh, making sure that the rider was met, you know, and then really just making personal contacts with those people that you were supposed to be in contact with for each venue and just creating those personal relationships and, um, you know, making CDs and, and getting your graphic designer to make sure that t-shirts were ready and just just the whole nine. There's a whole other aspect to this world out there. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I brought you onto the podcast is because I want to say it's about five, six years ago uh, when I officially met you um, when, you brought in Deek Sharon um, yeah. for the very first total vocal at Carnegie Hall. What right. was it like uh, getting Deek on the line and saying, "You know what? Let's bring contemporary acapella to probably the most prestigious concert
1: venue uh, in the world." Right. Um, yeah. It was. It was. So when when Marco Corner, so it would be like 1998 or something like that, was first putting together our first um, press kit. You know, it's back. You had to print them out, actually put them in folders and everything, uh, put them in the mail. Yep. Uh, Sonic bids was not around, and uh, Sonic bids may be gone by now, for all I know. But, um <laughs> yeah. uh, And there was a there was a pamphlet that a guy I knew in Fargo, Brian Michaels, who was a radio DJ who loves acapella, had. And I don't know. had no idea where he got it, and it was like how to write your first acapella press kit. And it was by Deke Sharon, and you know, nice. I, this is the '90s, so these, you know, this is the way you got the information. These, these pamphlets that just randomly landed on my desk, and um, so that's kind of where I got familiar with with his name, and in the House Jackson. Uh, and as we grew a little bit, we started to interact with some of the same people, um, you know, just through our bookings and our different shows. So I knew him that way, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know much else until I started at DCI. And and I started to see so many different, um, you know, choral groups performing his arrangements and things like that and how just uh, um, widely published and all that stuff. And I said, like, oh, he's also involved in, in in this aspect of vocal music as well. And um, I knew how much – well, I mean, obviously I'm a big believer that contemporary a cappella is um, – yeah, I, I think people singing together is one of the greatest things for society and for individuals. Um, right. And so much, and it's so powerful. And um, having contemporary uh, pop a cappella music be widely accessible and mm. put together in a way that all kinds of different choirs can sing in, I thought would, I mean, I just always believe that, man, that's fantastic because that's going to broaden the number of people that get together and sing. And um, starting at DCNY, I realized. Um, with interacting so with many different choirs, how many groups were doing Deek's arrangements? Other, you know, contemporary acapella types arrangements that were maybe even designed intentionally by teachers and community groups to broaden their singer pool. Right. Um, and then I just thought, well, this is kind of everywhere, or at least it's you know it's getting more places and it's going very fast. So I, I don't know, I if I emailed them or I called them right away, I just kind of dug up a context information for Deke and said, um, we do choral concerts. Um, you know, in the biggest way possible, right? Full orchestra, 250 voices up on stage at the big concert halls. I said, why, what do you think about the, the idea that maybe the time is right to do one of these choral concerts, but just specifically with contemporary a cappella repertoire? Um, do you think there's enough choirs out there who would want to come and do it? And obviously, um, your listeners or viewers probably all know, know Deke uh, by personality and, and definitely by this enthusiasm for, for any anything that's that broadens the genre um, so he was all, of course all about it and yeah, um, yeah. yeah through you know picking his brain on what the kind of the right ideas would be the programming wise um, and then using our kind of resources at DCIY to uh, find people like yourself right mm-hmm. and uh, and get some invitations out there and, and, uh, and get everybody together in New York it just it kind of seemed to uh, all make sense and then it took off from there and it's been I think this would have been the sixth one in 2020, uh, yeah. which would have meant the 2021 would have been the seventh. But we'll we'll hope for 2022 um, to be the to be the official sixth, I think. But anyway, in uh, every year, it's super well attended by singers and it sells out at Carnegie. So yeah,
0: that's that's what I loved about it. Is like I remember being a part of the first one and just. Um, we had actually the group that I, you know, used to direct before I switched districts. You know, we were, you know, we were young. It was seventh graders through twelfth graders, and we wow. came in and we were performing with, you know, high schoolers from across the country, um, some collegiate groups were a part of it, community choirs. We actually, I think there was actually a big community choir from Australia that came all yeah. the way across to participate. Yeah, and then you, you know, wow. you brought in like you know Chesney Snow, you know Shelley Regner, Kelly Jackal, um, Sean Altman, just huge names marty gasper from blue jupiter you know who also helped out with sound i remember yeah. um, it was just it was just a great event and you know we didn't know about it until like a few i want to say it was like the year prior uh, i think it was kind of like Bruin. deke had actually come up to our area and done you know a workshop with a bunch of high school groups and he threw that out there and was like you know what i think this is something we should do and yeah. I'm so glad that we did and that the fact that it sold out, you know, like that's something that, you know, the group that I was working with small, very small town, you know, graduates a class of maybe 50, sometimes less you know, that was a big deal for them to be able to take part in that. And um, the fact that it's, you know, sold out every year, I think one year, you actually had to move halls, but it's still sold out regardless. And it, it just shows how much love people have for this genre and just how much fun it is to, to just sit and, you know, take it in and the, the, your personality behind it too. You know, when we first met, you were just, you were really all about it. And that's, it's the determination, the drive of the producer who puts it together that really helps sell what goes on so i have to give you props for that because it was a blast working with you you know Mm -hmm. and if it wasn't for you wouldn't have met you know ryan stunkies you know in the group that he um you know he was on a previous episode just the things that he has been able to do and just make other contacts i got i got to beatbox for uh, sean altman you know who i watched <laughs> when i was a kid on rockapella the, these are some of the things that yeah. um that are meaningful moments and we're even talking six seven years later they they still mean the world so um right. i thank you
1: well, yeah you're, you're overselling my my role i think a little bit but yeah i mean i remember when never got sean for that first uh for that first one I don't, i've met i mean a lot of you know pretty uh, like, and famous, I guess, uh, people in my line of work. But I think Sean Ullman was my biggest geek out. I was just yeah, <laughs> mine too. I was He's like, wait like, like, oh, a minute. Yes. I know that guy.
0: <laughs> I love it. So, you know, you only you don't only just do total vocal, obviously, there's a lot of things um, that you handle at DCI and Y in terms of bringing events in. So my question to you is, regardless of everything that we're, we're going through right now, because I know there's a big lull um, in the entertainment industry with, you know, we're not able to be in venues for performances. Um, but I know there's a lot of educators out there who are attempting, you know, the virtual route, or, you know, sure. they're in areas where once things kind of get a little bit better, they can put together some events to bring in, you know, more people and, um, you know, so what are some, some suggestions that you would have to those people who are looking to build some sort of event um, and build, you know, publicity for their programs? Um, what would you suggest to them to get them off their feet? Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty big question, but I guess that would have a little bit different answer for each type of event. But um, a lot of times when I see these things being kind of put out there as as ideas um, and, and even the ones that are executed really, really well, um, I always like to make sure that I understand the the, the goal and the balance for what we do. What well, we do DCNY, we love selling out the hall, right, and having the mm-hmm. whole place full. But that's not our primary Goal in, mm-hmm. in our line of work, and, and this is this is why it really works for me at DCMY, because that's is why I believe about it too. The audience is awesome, and that's great to be able to create music and bring people in to sit and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're putting together a festival, especially for high school choirs, and even and don't undervalue the what it means just to the performer, right? Right. So if you put a, together a good event. Where you even if you just get people up there singing for each other, right? Choirs swapping, and, and and there's only only the mom and dad of the local choir are there in the audience, right? I, there's still something enormously valuable for the performer in that, especially for young people. Um, you know, getting up on stage and singing for someone else is is a is a really meaningful thing for people to do. So if you're putting together a festival that is Designed to be, you know, for the singers and for the students and for something for the choirs to do. Um, keep that as your primary focus and look at. Um, don't use the number of tickets you sold or how full the theater was as your measure of success. Um, right. and I think that's a that's a, a big one, and that's why I mean, choral singing and group singing. Again, I'll, I don't have very good words to describe it. I just think it's really great and really important, and the people I know who do it just love it and it fills their soul. Um, and you know, what you can do to facilitate that, put that first and foremost in your in your festival creation and how you're using it to measure you know, whether or not you did a good job or that it was worth doing. Um, before ticket sales. I mean, I know money is obviously a big factor, right?
0: But you, you bring up, you bring up a great point and you actually mentioned this um, in a previous conversation we had where you you talk about the idea of two audiences. There's that audience that's sitting in front of you, but then the other audience is really the ones who are performing because they're just as important. They're the ones, you know, creating the music, Mm -hmm. you know? So again, um and i think it's important to to really put it out there you know if your main goal is to you know fundraise and make money then yeah i guess go that route but really we should be looking at the quality of music and the quality of music performances that your group and the other groups that you tend to bring in are are giving, you know, yeah. um, one of the things, and I, I'm sure you'll agree, but at least I've noticed in the choral singing world and the acapella world is that the amount of support, it's, there's a very supportive community in terms of, you know, even going to like ICHSA or ICCA events, where, you know, you're competing against each other, but there's that camaraderie backstage. I mean, yeah. I, I experienced it last year with, um, my middle school group that, you know, got to participate in the ICHSA and, you know, they were having beatboxing battles backstage and they were having like dance parties, you know, they were having a blast. And, um, you know, I, I think that is more valuable than the bottom line, you know, the bottom dollar. So, okay. um, I totally agree with you 100%. Make it for the people who are, you know, performing. Um, uh, with that being said, I know that things have been a little kind of hectic right now, and um, you know, DCI NY. Can you actually, for those of us that don't know what DCI NY is, it's a Distinguished Concerts International New York. Um, they're a producer who uh, produces a variety of events. Um, you know, I, I've, I've seen that they have brought in, um, you know, you said Renee Clausen. and, um, they brought in, um, Sir Carl Jenkins, Eric Whitaker is, is there, um, numerous times, you know, a lot yeah. of major, um, major people in not just acapella, but in, you know, the band choral in the classical world. So, um, what are some of the things that you do in terms of educational outreach mm-hmm. and just bringing those, um, performers in what, what is, uh, some of DCI and like big time stuff that they do? Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the, I guess the, the tagline that sums it of the best is, is, is DCI wise, um, you know, changing lives through the power of performance and it really goes back to what we were just talking about right there's there's a lot of um value in 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 singing together performing um for people so when we just realize that that experience is all just sort of enhanced um when you when you're make it higher profile right so if it's singing with deke share and singing with eric whitaker um or doing Mozart Requiem um, and doing it in Lincoln Center or doing it in Carnegie hall. Um, you know, these things are all just kind of are amplifiers to um, that thrill and that excitement of performing and um, you know, putting a lot of work into preparing, getting it as good as you possibly can get it, you know, really reaching for the, for the stars on, on your performance level, and then getting up on stage and pulling it off. And then New York city, Big stars, big halls, these are all amplifiers to that. And so, um, you know, we really, as a company, we put together this kind of ambitious and uh, artistically uh, inspiring projects we possibly can, and then we find the right people to do it. Um, And kind of create a little mini community of singers that are going to show up in New York with all that same, that same goal. So a whole bunch of advanced preparation, a whole bunch of enthusiasm. And if we can kind of communicate in the right way to everybody, what what's going on here and what the project is like, then uh, it raises the level of performance and it raises the overall experience. So we're, yeah, we're a concert producer, a performance travel, you know, industry member. Um, and it's just kind of really in the experience business. Um, and uh the i probably have lost track of the the two or three parts of your question but um um ultimately it's finding really inspiring projects that are gonna mean the most for for singers and so right. trying to work with different composers living composers trying to pick i mean carmina Barana Handels messiah let's get some of these great masterworks that people have dreamed about performing um up on these stages and so Set the table by creating some events that are going to be good experiences and then finding the right types of choirs to do it, which is just a matter of, um, you know, using your connections, asking around people you've worked with before, um, you know, and your partners. So when Deke's out there doing his thing, and that's where we got to introduce to you and your and your group at the time. Um, and, and then trying to get them all together in the right place and make sure it's well organized, make sure it runs like a, a you know, perfectly well-oiled machine and um, people leave town thinking that was something, you know, once in a lifetime kind of experience. And that's really meaningful. And it's, it's a lot of, it's good, it's fun work. Yeah, and what, well, you know,
0: one thing I will say about DCI and just from personal experience. And I mean, I mean, you're not paying me or anything to like to plug DCI and Y, <laughs> but I, I have to say that, you know, the experience that my students and I had when we were there six years ago, it was, top notch, like everything ran so smoothly. Um, you know, there were even I think there might have even been a couple of changes um, to like where we were going to rehearse and, and little things like that. But it it went off without a hitch. There was no, at least from my experience, there was no worries. There were, um, you know, even, you know, dress rehearsal went, you know, swimmingly and there was no concern um as as the educator as the performer there was nothing to worry about it was just being there for the sheer enjoyment of performing yeah. so um i i give credit to you and your staff you know everyone who works at dci and because they really do um, go out of their way to make it an enjoyable experience so thank yeah, you on
1: that one you know that was the first time doing turbo. We had a lot of we had a kind of lot of question marks about whether or not this is going to work, and then you know yeah. had geek into the into the equation, and so things can kind of change on the fly, yeah. uh, which is which is all just kind of I think makes it that much more exciting. <laughs> the adrenaline yeah. going, and that's where you get the next level of achievement. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you, like you said, it was the first one. So like from then you could totally figure out the kinks and stuff. And then every, every year it just continues to get better. So, um, I know that things have kind of have been shut down since March. Um, and you have been talking about bringing things back. And I know that, um, even our governor has talked about trying to bring the entertainment industry back. There's been discussion yeah. about bringing Broadway back before the summer. You know, even Dr. Fauci has mentioned a few things about the potential of, of these things happening. So, um, what are some things that DCI is currently looking at to really um, get back out there and uh, bring entertainment to the masses?
1: Um, well, I mean, yeah, like like you said, it's been in, since I think I left my office uh, in Manhattan on the 14th of March in 2020, which is
0: that seems to be around our natural date. Everyone yeah. I've talked to is like, yeah, like the 14th or 15th of March, that was it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. seems to be around that time. And we had a concert scheduled for that. Sixteenth. A couple of days Ooh. later, we had people in the air um, coming from from Europe um, to come be part of our concert, and then that's when the New York City officially closed closed the venue, so we couldn't get it done. Um, so yeah, and that's went through all the way through the rest of our spring of twenty twenty, the fall, and then all now of the of the twenty twenty one season. So um, we we do have the possibility of getting some spring twenty one things done. Um, we're feeling really optimistic, hopeful that our fall 2021, um, calendar, and then our 2022, um, calendar will, will, will be able to go forward. Um, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, the vaccine is starting to get out there, right? Right. People, they're starting to change. Um, and as soon as we can just, you know, we've seen that one green light, right? So we haven't heard back from the venues, um, all the kinds of questions about what it's going to be like, um, inside the venues are they going to have the any restrictions with how many you know people shoulder to shoulder they're going to put up on the stage and on all that so we'll have to wait and see but there's a lot of hope there's a uh, been a while since we've had sort of forward-looking um, mm-hmm. you know the, the our days now are are populated with work that is looking ahead right making planning mm-hmm. some things um, working with the venues to secure dates talking repertoire talking what we might be able to do and talking to groups who might want to come and um, you know, we haven't been able to do much of that for a little while now. So it's really yeah. nice. So we're pretty hopeful that um you know, large scale events, choral singing and, and then just travel and tourism in New York City will just launch out of the gate as soon as the green light is given, right? And people are just been waiting to do this. So they'll jump back into it.
0: Yeah, I think there's a growing sense of optimism, you know, around. I know cases are still on the rise, but with the vaccine, you know, there is this optimism that we are going to try and, you know, bring things back and, you know, looking, looking at your calendar, I mean, I see, you know, the potential to bring, you know, Messiah, you know, to Carnegie Hall, you know, Handel's Messiah and Sir Carl Jenkins, you know, his music performing his music. And even, you know, again, Whitaker, Eric Whitaker coming in and I'm looking at, it looks like a world premiere, Um, by Whitaker as well you know that's that's a huge deal um, to be able to have that um, coming around and uh, you know and again it says Carnegie Hall or Lincoln Center but you know you know that it that's definitely something that's in the works that's going to be coming and that's something for a lot of us to get excited for because like you said you know a few months ago it wasn't even going to try it, you know. You look at you know, a lot of the uh, um, a lot of the production companies in the film industry. You know, they're deciding to release their movies straight to, you know, Disney Plus or mm-hmm. HBO Max or whatever, as opposed to movie theaters or you know, running them concurrently. So um, they're trying to you know make the most out of the situation that's been given. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I think DCI and I and Y has got you know a great level head on their shoulders, getting ready for what's coming up.
1: That's, yeah, That's so I, uh, I mean, I mentioned this to a lot of people in, in just kind of talking about the future stuff um, and, you know, what impact this is going to have broadly on, on, like, choral singing and, and all of that. Um, and I'm just not too concerned in that I know that the people that are in community choirs and church choirs and high school programs, um, you know, for the most part, are they don't do it like community choirs, for example, and they're not in indie scenes because they got all this extra time on their hands and they're just like, right. need something to do every Wednesday night. They do it because, um, it's, it's just so meaningful for them. It's just part of who they are and it fills their soul. And, um, and that's been taken away from a lot of people now for a long time. And I, boy, I just, how joyful it's going to be. For community choirs and for high school choirs to actually, you know, get in that same room again and breathe that air together and um, that to kind of physical proximity, a—it's. I just think it's going to be a skyrocket launch back into uh, into choral singing. Audiences are going to want to come out and see these sorts of things again. Um, the energy is just going to be so high and it's going to be so great. So I'm just... I agree. Really yeah, I, I agree. Yeah.
0: You bring up, you know, community choirs, and I know that, you know, I, I conducted one for a couple of years um, before, you know, before I had kids. And um, actually it was like a year after um, the community choir directed their new director. She, she's phenomenal. She actually, you know, brought them down to Carnegie Hall to perform, to perform a work. And um, it's just, I know that a lot of those people that I had worked with in that community choir, like that was their Monday night. That was for the sheer love of music taking part. And even my students now, you know, While they've been home on remote learning, we've at least been able to sing more with them being Mm -hmm. home, but they're starting to get that growing optimism that, you know, down the line, they're going to be back in the classroom with each other and, Mm -hmm. you know, making good, making music with each other. And I I think that's truly important. Mm -hmm. Um, So before we head out is um, I would like, if anyone is interested in working, you know, with DCI and Y or has any suggestions, how would they go about, you
1: know, contacting you? Um, yeah you can go to dcny.org is our website um, uh, so that's pretty easy we're working on it right now kind of making sure we have the updates as soon as we can get them kind of updated and making sure everything's there but you can always go there I'm just Kevin at dcNY.org um, and uh, that, you know that's the that's the best best way to, to find me Facebook too I guess but um, yeah reach out and just drop a line. Uh, if you if you've got any questions about kind of what we do and what the experience is like, um, if you've got a acapella program at your school uh, and, and you and you want to learn more about Total vocal just you know be sure to reach out and, and I'll let you know or you know put you in touch with some people who can share their experience too. Um, so yeah, don't no, definitely stop by. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Uh, so last question before we go, and it's, it's taking you back to, I'm taking you back to Marku corner for a second, just cause yeah, I'm okay. curious. Um, it's a two-parter. Uh, what was your favorite song to perform with Marku corner? Okay. And uh, outside of Marku corner, who's your
1: favorite acapella group? Oh, that's I expect the second one. Um, the, I guess <laughs> we, we performed uh, Van Morrison's moon dance, which was a very popular uh, number for us to do. So we, you find that song, that's going to be a, Automatic crowd pleaser. He saw that one it was always fun to perform because you nice. could you could anticipate positive feedback from. It. <laughs> um, my favorite acapella group. I mean, if I just wanted to go by kind of like hours logged of, of of things I've listened to, would be probably the Real Group or or, or Take Six. Nice. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, obviously, Pentatonix was a little bit after my when I my prime as far as my acapella music consumption Same. goes. Yeah. But, um, boy, you, you can't you have to acknowledge that they're just incredible and fantastic in a while every time I listen to them. But, um, we thought we were pretty good, you know, whatever, when we were doing it until 20 years ago now. And, yeah. Uh, we wouldn't even hold a candle to almost everything I see these days. Yeah, uh, everybody's I agree. so good. Uh, and then maybe I just didn't realize it as much, being from the Midwest and not from the East Coast. But the collegiate, the the groups, the college groups. That, and then um, you know when Ryan's in your group and, and Ben Spaulding's group showed up for Total Vocal and sang for everybody, I just did. Floored me. Everybody's so darn good. So um, I'm just having the experiences that I've had. It's just all these made my heart feels so good to see people singing together and making music together and then the total vocal event and seeing getting to know so many people in this kind of acapella community it's just i mean it's the best place for it There's just nothing better so um my new favorite acapella group i guess is my new appreciation for all the acapella that's going on uh, and, and how it is a big community that's just really reaching new heights yeah, absolutely. And you know,
0: you mentioned Pentatonics, who really kind of helped push the genre even more. I don't I want to say that they're the the a of the new generation or you know stuff like that. And I love and you mentioned Take 6 and the Real Group, both phenomenal groups who've been around for, you know, so many years and um really you know still performing today and still making amazing music
1: yeah. um
0: yeah kevin uh t- kevin taylor of dciny thank you so much for joining me this week on the Aki education podcast
1: thank you for having me justin i appreciate it
0: absolutely we'll be right back Welcome back to the AKA Education Podcast. I'm Justin Glodish, here to let you know about a few new things. First, the AKA Education Podcast now has a store online where you can go buy shirts, sweatshirts, and other items. To find more information, go to the link in the episode description. Also, for all those groups out there participating in the ICCA and the ICHSA, best of luck as you're getting your videos ready for submission, for the first round. I wish you all the best of luck. Have fun out there. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Justin from the Aka Education Podcast here to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is what I use to create these podcasts and let me tell you, it's free. Uh, There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer And the beauty of it is we'll distribute the podcast for you. So I can record on Anchor and it's going to send it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all these other places as well. And I love that I can make money from this podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And that does it for episode 25 of the Aka Education Podcast. Congratulations to this week's Instagram winners of Guess the Guest Contest. That goes to Betsy, John, and JD again. Congratulations. I want to once again thank Kevin Taylor for joining me this week on the Aka Education Podcast. Kevin is a wealth of knowledge, and if you're ever looking to make it to New York City and want to have your group perform, get a hold of Kevin at DCINY. He'll know how to set you up. Be sure to check out the links in the episode description for resources from this week's episode. Follow the podcast on social media at AkaEdPodcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And follow me, Justin Glodish, at OfficialJGlow on TikTok and Twitter. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're found on Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. New episodes are released every Wednesday. You can also now tune into the podcast on Akaville Radio, akaville.org. If interested in supporting this podcast with a monthly donation, go over to anchor.fm slash Podcast to do so. And if you ever have any questions about the podcast, suggestions on future guests, please email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voice message on the Anchor website. From the Akka Education Podcast, I'm Justin Glodish. We'll talk soon.